and welcome to the Snap Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, and joining me today is Nate Moss of the Flipside Sports Podcast. Um, he's covering everything over there right now, doing working on betting lines, I believe, for the AFC and NFC East, correct? Yep, running out of time. Running out of time, but took the time out of his day to help us out um, because there is some big breaking news in the NCAA, and we uh, like to have Nate on for more of these national-type stories. And uh, right now, uh, Coach K and the rest of the ACC, but obviously led by Coach K, um, are trying to push the NCAA, according to Jeff Goodman of ESPN, to have an all-inclusive tournament in 2021, meaning you can go, oh, and whatever, and as long as you're not Oklahoma State, who's, who uh, is unable to play in the tournament this year due to uh, you know the same type of violations Kansas has been getting away with recently, you're in the tournament. Well, this this is news to me. It's a little shocking that that a coach that doesn't necessarily need the handout <laughs> is leading this because I don't know the last time Duke missed a tournament or wasn't uh, penciled in on a lot of people's brackets. But yeah, I haven't seen much much on this. But from a from a gambling perspective, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, and obviously that's your bread and butter, more or less, um, in regards to the game as a whole look this eliminates so much more and um looking at some of the things the uh, statements from chris mack of louisville he stated that it uh incentivizes players i'm not exactly sure how that's possible because everybody gets to go it doesn't it doesn't matter you know michigan or michigan state obviously who we cover here uh they could go oh and whatever and still have an opportunity but it seems like it's a little bit of a premature decision as well because right now everybody's goal is going to be trying to play this season out and when you uh everybody's goal is to try to play the season out when you look at this like you still have <laughs> you still have a few months to see what's going on with uh, the landscape of COVID-19, which is ultimately why they want to do this. They just want to do it for one year. But, like, as far as the landscape of COVID-19, like, you have time to look at that. You do not need to make that announcement right now. And I I think this is just a little uh, premature on the ACC side, just like it was premature with the Big Ten when they called football off. Yeah, first of all, before this gets lost, leave it to Louisville to talk about incentivizing players. Um, <laughs> the, the stink of Patino is still there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this – it was already, what, six, 68 teams got in? I mean, yeah. they made the, – it, it made the regular season a little bit um, just – not non-significant and this will certainly make it non-significant but if you're a if you're a bottom of the barrel uh big 12 pac 12 team um you definitely don't want to run into duke first i mean if this is going to take up i'm I'm assuming it's going to take up a little bit more of the season than the tournament would it'll really 
cut your season short if you get a bad seed. Um, the I, I'm I'm confused by all of it. I mean, I, football football jumped to conclusions. The big the Big Ten and the Pac-12 may have jumped to conclusions, but they certainly didn't jump to conclusions this soon. Yeah, because I mean, the Big Ten was six weeks out. This is more like six months out before anything really needs to happen. I mean, it would only add like two or three extra games, uh, depending on where you're seated and things of that nature. But this eliminates what the tournament's about, you know, this because Cinderella's can only keep it up for so long. Let's be real. There's not really a Cinderella that's going to win the tournament, you know, unless you're, uh, <laughs> I think Villanova was an eight seed in 1985, uh, yeah. the year I was born. So, I mean, obviously that's an exception to the rule that's exactly what it is, is it's an exception. Um, you know, all of these Cinderella's are going to get, all these potential Cinderella's are going to get knocked out sooner because you can only stay hot for so long. You can look at uh, Loyola, I believe it was, against Michigan a couple of years ago. God, five years ago? Already? Um, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but but you look at that situation, you know they can only keep it going for so long. Matchups obviously play a little bit of a role, but this will eliminate that aspect. Um, you know the NCAA has been persistent against this, which makes sense because they say they want the regular season in college football to be meaningful, and that's why. They're sticking with four teams, even though an eight-team playoff makes perfect sense if because you can uh, have uh, the five power five, uh, one independent or group of five, and then two wild cards. And, you know, that makes sense. The regular season is still incredibly meaningful, and you can pull that off. This would eliminate uh, the need for a conference tournament because that's how a lot of these lower seeds end up sneaking in when uh, – to be frank, they just hit a little bit of a hot streak, don't really have uh, much business being there. Like, this takes away from a lot of the uh, – it well, the incentive to go against what Chris Mack said. This takes away from that. And additionally, and I think this is the biggest case, is they want to do this because of COVID-19 by lumping everybody together all of a sudden every team in the country and i know they'll be you know scattered throughout different areas you'll have part of the tournament take place in columbus some of it in detroit probably some of it in texas but eventually they're all going to play each other and if one person ends up with it in columbus then he has to go to and then they have to go to texas and they start playing like this just widens the chance of covid sneaking its way, you know, into college basketball and ultimately ruining the season. Yeah, I I I don't love this. I don't as as you know, I don't love much of anything that the NCAA does. Um but I I, I just can't stop thinking about how much of a what how much of a chore a, a fun chore it's gonna be to fill out my bracket. Um yeah. I mean, I, mean, I got the big blueprint sheets at work that I mean, I'll I'll load it up, but the, the it it's gonna be. I mean, it it could be fun. It it's for. I mean, I bet I bet Virginia would would love to have this happen two years ago. 
because <laughs> they could have avoided. I mean, I know they lost to a 16 seed, but I doubt they lose to a 64 seed. Um, <laughs> yeah, how many teams are there? 300 and something? Uh, 357, 346 would be playing. They can't uh, all due- get in. That's yeah. That just... Yeah. D- due to Oklahoma State's ban from the tournament for this year, uh few teams have lower APR scores and then there's a few reclassifications of uh, teams coming up this season and those would be the teams that would not be allowed to play. Like Louisville shouldn't be able to play. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian Bowen, uh, pretty clear proof of that and you know they're still in there. Uh, you look at the Sousa at Kansas, same type of situation and this is where the NCAA has apparently decided to draw the line. And look, I, I agree with how the NCAA is handling this. You know, they're meeting this with a lot of resistance. And like I said, uh, you know, the small, uh, I think Jim Beheim's biggest case um, was that this would allow teams who, you know, let's say they only play 10 games because, there's an outbreak within the conference or something like that. This would allow them to get in. And it's like, well, if you're five and five, you don't deserve to get in anyways. Right. I mean, to be fair, like if it's, if it's the first 10 games of your season, you know, a lot of those smaller schools are playing your Dukes and Kentuckys and you could rack up five losses as a good team pretty quick right there. Um, But yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you know that Mark Emmert's going to draw his draw the line on the side of money, and um, I, I think that the only reason they're going to get resistance, they're going to give give pushback, is because they're going to have terrible ratings. I mean, it'll be great because it's tournament basketball, but they got to wait that much longer for Duke versus Kentucky or whatever, you got to watch Duke run through um, UMBC. <laughs> yeah, the Holy Cross for three weeks. And I just think, I, I think that once they see the dollar signs add up, they'll be they'll be all in, as they usually are. I mean, I, I don't think it would be that big of a draw. It would be no different than any other game during the course of the year, you know. I'm now, look, I'm watching it but you're not i'm watching michigan state versus texas southern i'm watching those types of games regularly for the team that i root for but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'll i will watch michigan during the tournament but i'm not gonna waste my time with you know uh michigan and you know scrub team to be named late washington state or anything like that like i'm not wasting my time (laughs) Spring Arbor, yeah, go ahead, take a shot at my alma mater. They did win the championship, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, but whatever. Um, we got a shot, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but obviously, Spring Arbor NAI Division Two would not would be one of the few exceptions in regards to not making this tournament. But <laughs> look, I, let them in, <laughs> let them all in. Let let everyone play. Let everyone play. Let's get uh, UConn's women's out women's team out there and everybody. Look, this this is just a terrible idea by the NCAA. I, or excuse me, by the ACC. Um, I mean, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Louisville kind of, you know, cheating around, 
you look at Brian Bowen and, you know, anything Rick Pitino ever did. Uh, Norner Dame, obviously. Uh, you watch you know, Montrez Harrell talk. <laughs> yeah, Norner Dame, obviously, uh, trying to do whatever they can to just rake in that money and get into stuff that they have absolutely no business being in. Um, but, yeah, this I, – I, I'm shocked that Coach K has been the one – who's leading this. And I don't know if it's to help get North Carolina in because they realize the draw that that would be financially speaking in regards to the revenue sharing that goes on in the ACC. But are, are yeah, they talking about, I, I don't like this. Idea. Are they talking about doing it for based on last season? It, it would be every team. So, it, I mean, like your seating, is it, are they going to have a regular season at all? Yeah, yes. This would still be included in a regular season. Like, let's say there's an outbreak in the ACC and a player with Virginia contracts a virus and um, ended up playing Duke the night before and stuff like that. Then the ACC pretty much shuts it down. If Virginia gets the virus, everybody gets the virus because those boys play some smothering defense. (laughs) Exactly. And so that would – where if on Duke, who also plays some smothering defense, which would rub off on Louisville, who plays smothering defense and obviously has other ways to contract different viruses. But but this is a uh, – but that would be the situation where if they contract it and the ACC kind of has to shut down their season a little bit early, you know, after just 10, 15, 20 games or whatever – Everybody in the ACC, including Wake Forest, who hasn't been freaking relevant since, you know, Tim Duncan and Chris Paul, um, everybody gets in. Yeah, you, you know, this this seems like it'd be a good idea to have in place in case. But, like, if, if they got shut down 10, 10 games in, then be like, yeah, we, we have a plan in place. We have arenas for um, – this tournament, but I feel like they should just go on business as usual until that happens. Like, don't, don't overreact to it. Um, I know you're a, you're a Michigan state fan, so you obviously aren't a fan of this, but I'll bet you there's a ton of Nebraska fans that are thrilled. Yeah. And um, look, Nebraska will turn around eventually under Fred Hoiberg, but all of that being said, like Michigan state is currently working on plans um, for some of these, I don't like saying preseason tournaments, but that's how they're always referred. These, just those tournaments that take place, they're in the regular season, but they're against, you know, Baylor's and Arkansas's and Kansas and Duke and Kentucky, like those types of things, Big Ten, ACC Challenge. There's talks, there's Converse, the Gavit Games, uh, the new and the Big Ten's in with the Big East. Um, There's talks about putting those types of events on in Orlando since they're already set up from the NBA. And I think that that's a spectacular idea. And that's the type of stuff that needs to be worked on. You shouldn't be reaching out and trying to work on these things. You know, like I said, six, seven months in advance when, you know, this we don't know what the situation is going to be with COVID. Uh, we know it's ultimately never going to completely go away. But 
everybody else is opening things up. Um, the testing that's available, how often Michigan State players get tested. I mean, you, they get tested like twice a week. It's absolutely insane. You know, they have the funds for it. These universities do. Not all. It, of it just makes no sense to think that far ahead. If you want to have that in your back pocket as an absolute last, last resort, go ahead. But to push for that now is completely asinine. Yeah, and if if you think about it, I mean, look at the look at the football programs that already called their season off completely. That they 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 don't make the money to to make it worth it, and they don't have the resources. Like, what makes you think that they're going to be all on board for a three hundred and fifty team tournament? Like, they're they're not going to be in on that either. If if football is their biggest draw, which for most of them it is, they're why why would they why would they go play basketball under circumstances that could affect their kids. I, I mean, it doesn't make much sense. It seems like a knee-jerk reaction, and, and I don't know why it was Duke. And you said North Carolina, but let, let's be honest. North Carolina will be back. Yeah, they'll, they'll be back. Without eventually. the help of a everybody tournament. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, they'll be there eventually. That name's too big. But, I mean, you talk about this being – like we we've talked about it, you know, this is just so far in advance. Big Ten not playing football right now. Down here in South Bend, Notre Dame Duke this Saturday, and uh, I think that uh, that's one of those things where you know the knee jerk reaction did not pay off because the Big Ten that's how everybody makes their money. Even Michigan State, which is known more for being a basketball school. And they haven't had a good season in football in three years. They, you know, Michigan State still brings in all their money for all these other sports, uh, with the exception of men's basketball, which is self-sustaining at probably half of the schools in the country. Yeah. Uh, the, mean, re- Mich- the rest of it's being pushed through football. And, I mean, look no different than – the Iowa situation me and Jeremy mentioned a couple weeks ago, they've already pulled four sports. Yeah. I mean, Michigan state, you think of them as a basketball school, do you know, the revenue, the revenue there is, is astronomical, but I mean, they're, they're putting what 80,000 people in seats. And do you think like these, these schools that said we're not playing, I mean, if, if football is bigger than basketball for Michigan state, it definitely is for some of these smaller schools that called it quits already. And um, I just, it just doesn't make sense. Like it's almost like a, Hey, don't quit on us. We'll let you in the tournament kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a bargaining chip to try to keep the season going. Um, and ultimately I think part of that may be uh, the power play by the PAC 12 since they pretty much knocked everything out for the calendar year period. Um, even though they are, it sounds like revisiting uh, some of it because they realized that, hey, you know what? Maybe we're a little uh, too quick to draw with the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, and by Pac 12 basketball, you mean Arizona? Um, Look, Peyton Pritchard was a ball player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they run through those at Oregon and they go Sweet 16, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, look, the Pac-12 is ultimately irrelevant in sports um, if we're looking outside the top 10 in anything. but The Trojans will rise again. (laughs) Yeah, they will. But 
not right now. Um, but apparently every, <laughs> but apparently everybody, uh, is getting a rise out of this. I, I don't see how this is a good idea. I don't see how anybody could really think this is a good idea, you know, unless you are Northwestern basketball and you want your second trip into the tournament. But the, I, I just don't see any way that it's even logistically possible as well. I don't. I don't know how this shows up on anybody's radar 24 hours away from the NFL kicking off. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about, you know, the return of, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins and Devin Bush and all those uh, Michigan and Michigan State players here on this podcast. Um, but if you want to talk about the NFL, go over and check out Flipside Sports. And uh, that's where Nate does most of the work over there. I help out from time to time. But like I said, go check out Flipside Sports, that podcast. Um, you know, great interview the other day. Uh, with a last chance you uh, star who's hesitant to call himself a star. Let's yeah. just say. Yeah, that was co- head coach John Beam. That was a fantastic interview. And um, a, another guy that's that's in a, in a rough position, he being the athletic director at a small college like we were just talking about. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely my best work. And by my best work, I mean his best work. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, we're, we're working diligently and the work's probably not going to slow down now that the NFL is back. And as anybody that follows sports in the United States knows the NFL is king because of television and stars and of course, fantasy football. Um, but yeah, we got good stuff coming. We kind of, we kind of launched at a, a terrible time. There was nothing to really talk about except the fact that there wasn't sports. And I, I think I know more NASCAR drivers than I ever have and more UFC fighters than I ever have. And I thought that maybe, maybe my UFC fandom was here to stay, but as boxing and football and basketball gets into the heart of the playoffs, I find myself caring less about UFC again, but nonetheless, <laughs> I will provide betting tips based on my panel of UFC experts that are not me. Yeah. So you can obviously check all that out. Uh, all those other betting tips, uh, NFC, AFC North are already up uh, and, and South and South. Yep. And, and so go east as of about 10 minutes ago. Okay. And, and the East. Cause I'll, pretty much just a couple more divisions to go. Uh, so go just ahead, check all that. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead, check all that out. Uh, Flipside Sports, uh, we talked about the NBA playoffs uh, just a couple days ago, so you can go and listen to that. But that does it for us, Nate. Thanks so much. And Flipside Sports, this is the Trouble with the Snap podcast, though. I am Tyler Hayward.